Iowa everywhere. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This is Iowa Everywhere. And now, it's time for Two Guys Named Chris. Powered by Fairway Meat and Grocery. This is Iowa Everywhere. For the fans. It is, like, legit kind of cold out here in Iowa today. Hassel, what's the temp down there in Delray Beach? Uh, Is that where you live? Yeah, same as it always is this time of year. It's you wake up, it's about seventy nine, and it gets up to about eighty eight. Um, but I'm I'm leaving for Michigan in just a few hours, and I think the high is only like sixty five the whole weekend up there. So I'm gonna pack my uh, pack Michigan. my long sleeves and jackets. Yeah, well, who do Eastern you have Michigan, this? Eastern oh. Michigan hosting Buffalo. I bet on that game. We 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 discussed this on Monday. Do you, were you drunk? Did we discuss this game? Yeah, I thought because, you said you... Because Eastern Michigan just beat oh, Arizona State, yeah, got her yeah. Edwards fired. You're right. I recently bet on this game. Wh- which side are you on? I I laid it. I laid the six with Eastern Michigan, which is a dangerous spot. They're coming off of a high. Mm-hmm. But I told you... So I know a lot about Buffalo. And it all comes back to <laughs> the Van Trees kid who you called his game last week. So yeah. he played for Buffalo... For however many, and Buffalo's head coach Maurice yep. Lindquist is a Paul Rhodes guy. Did you know that? Yep. Yeah. So I like Maurice a lot, and I watch a lot of Buffalo. And I just I don't think their defense is very good this year. I think that is Chris Creighton still the head coach at Eastern Michigan. Yeah. So he's an of, Iowa a lot guy. Of Iowa ties here. Yeah, yeah. I was when I was in uh, when I was in Des Moines. Chris Creighton was the Drake head coach. So yes. I, so yeah, this is an interesting game for um, Iowa Iowans. This is good. That's funny. What, I, th- it's in what? it's in Ypsilanti, which is just outside Ann Arbor. Okay. So do you fly to Detroit? Fly to Detroit, and then uh, I'm actually staying in Ann Arbor. Brady Quinn, who's doing Big Noon kickoff, they're they've got the uh, Michigan Maryland game in Ann Arbor. Oh. But he said that the hotels were all booked, and he's actually just staying at the airport. So I'm staying in Ann Arbor. He's not. I'm closer hmm. to the big house than he is. Wild, good stuff. Well, that no, that'll be what what, what time and uh, how can we watch that? Uh, it's at noon Eastern on CBS Sports Network. So. Okay, so I'll have to so, pop that on the second screen while I'm at Jack Trice Stadium at the Varsity game. Yeah, right. This week. It's, it's, speaking of that, I kept getting emails this week for um, Florida Tennessee. I kept getting all the emails that like the Florida Tennessee broadcasters were supposed to get. Yeah, and and uh, I I talked to Brad Nessler yesterday on CBS Sports HQ, and uh, he go, he's like, oh, I keep getting all these Eastern Michigan Buffalo emails. I don't know what's going on. And I said, what? Well, well, I think I've got all your emails, and you've got all mine. Oh, uh, little mix up. 
And uh, I said, you want to switch games this week, Brad? I'll 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 take the uh, I'll take the CBS game at three thirty, Florida Tennessee, and you could take Buffalo would, Eastern Michigan. Would you talk to Brad Nessler? Does do you just feel like you're playing NCAA football? I asked him about that. I said uh, because it's coming back. So I I asked, are you going to be the voice again? And he said, no, no, no. That was that was a lot. I don't think uh, I don't think I'm going to do it this time. That that does make sense though, if you think of all the different things that he would have to say. Oh yeah. For the computer to And it's piece even it more to... now. I mean now we're up to 131 teams. Are they going to have actual players though? Like I think they are, right? So it would be like Brock Purdy or, you know, Hunter Deckers. Uh, yeah. So you'd have yeah. to voice all that. Right. That would th- that would be a big challenge. I mean, I know the Madden guys. They have to go I think every week to Orlando. And do do voice stuff to update things. Wow. See, that's a thing too. When you put, when you just play the games, like you wouldn't even think of all no. that work that goes into it behind the scenes and stuff. Crazy. Well, you got a good one. That'll be that'll be fun. That's uh yeah. I, I bet on Eastern Michigan just because of my knowledge of Buffalo. But anyways, let's get into the main events. Uh, I want to give a shout out to our friends at Fairway Meat and Grocery. Not just saying this. Taking the camper to Ames tomorrow, I unload it, and the first thing I do is go to the meat market, and I figure out which feast I'm going to make on Friday night. Looking forward to that. You never know. They always got different stuff at the meat market. You'd think it's just a meat market. No, they'll be like, oh, we're featuring this today. So I'm getting after it tomorrow. I'll have my first stop when I get to Ames. I was listening to Murph and Andy yesterday, and Fails was hosting, and... I'm not kidding you. He he talked about the Fairway Meat Market for five minutes, and he <laughs> it's said, amazing. The Fairway Meat Market is one of the five best things about Iowa. Wow, that's a big that's statement. A that's a promo. There you go. Uh, let's lead with Iowa State Baylor because I do think that's the game of the week here in the state of Iowa. Um, I want to get into the game here, and we and we will. Massive game. Massive game, maybe the biggest game of the season for Iowa State when we look back. Potentially, maybe not. Just depends. I don't feel like it's got a ton of buzz around it. Yeah, what's for, up? I don't know. Honestly, I, I don't. I don't know. I just it. Trice felt weird to me last week. Thanks for that, Eric. I'll pull my mic away a little bit. Apparently, I'm louder than you, Hassel. Oh, um, I can turn mine up. I can turn my sucker up because now you sound low to me. Oh, well, we're just on the fly. I I just turned mine up. How how does that sound? Yeah, you sound good. All right, turn yours back up. Do I sound You sound really low to me now. I sound really low to you? Now you you sound good. Okay. Yeah. I I don't know why. Um, I thought Jack Trice Stadium last week seemed – it was pretty full. Like, it wasn't like people didn't go to the game. Mm -hmm. That was one of the most boring games I've ever witnessed in my life was the Iowa State-Ohio game because – and it's because of people like you, the TV timeouts. There were so many injuries. That game was almost four hours long for a blowout. Like that, I mean, it was really, really tough. Even for me, who I'm like a sicko. I love it when Iowa State gets up by a decent margin and I can watch the um, backups come in. Right? We talked about this. I love that mm-hmm. aspect of it, program yeah. building, all that. And it was hard for me. I got to a point last week in the press box where I had to get up and walk around just to like get, keep my energy up. 
so I thought Trice seemed a little dead last week. The, this game is not sold out, which, you know, I, I how think, is that possible? Well, yeah, it, I, I think it's worth us talking through here because it's really interesting when you compare it to Iowa because for the longest time, Iowa State wasn't very good and they're selling out, you know, and they're doing all this, this great stuff. Um, and then Iowa had these good teams and they couldn't sell out. Right. And now it's kind of the opposite where Iowa sold out its home schedule this year. And Iowa State feels like now their their cap is sixty one five and Iowa State has a record number of season ticket holders, right? So mm-hmm. clearly there's interest. But I it's it's where I, I put out a thing on Twitter and, and on Cyclone Fanatic because I wanted to kind of get the feel. And a lot of people tell me Listen, um, the inflation were priced out this year. They upped the ticket prices pretty considerably at Iowa State in the off season, and that's what they're telling me. But like, it's just it's just odd to me for this fan base that has turned out for bad teams for so long that a game like this is not sold out. It's really interesting to me. I don't, I don't have an answer for it. I don't. Yeah, and I what. Um... For me, those Iowa teams that didn't sell out, um, you know, in 2015 when they were undefeated and they weren't selling out, it was, I think it had a lot to do with the schedule. Like, you didn't have good teams coming into Kinnick Stadium. You didn't have sexy programs coming in. For Iowa State this week, I mean, it's not Texas or Oklahoma, but it's it's the defending champs. Yeah. It's a ranked team. It's the team that was picked... Uh, to, to win the Big 12 this season. So I don't, and it's September. The weather's going to be great, right? It's going to be perfect. It's going to be perfect like 70, weather for football. 75 and sunny, no chance of rain. It's a good time for football. I, I, I don't get it. I mean, I, I think it just, a lot of it goes back to expectations going into a season, I think. And, and because the expectations were down, some people have already made plans. And so there might be some seats that are empty. I, I don't know. Thank you, Jeff, for letting me know that my my sound was too low. I, apparently, I was too far away from the mic. You're I need good. to get. I need to. I need to eat the mic. Put your mouth like a, all like over a, it, like a piece of fairway meat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a big pork but, rib. Just so, inhale that thing. So, how many tickets are still out there? I. I I think it's just like two or three, two, couple thousand. Like it's not, you know. I, I saw a guy on Cyclone Fanatic post. You know, some of these even like huge SEC games that that are two top twenty-five teams. You know, there's five to ten thousand tickets still open there. Um, I promise so, you, that's not the case in Tennessee this week. No, no, not in Knoxville. Those people are nuts. That we'll get to that game. Eventually, I don't know. I guess my thing too is just general buzz, and and I don't know. Has I have we gotten conditioned to like you expect to be good and it's less of a big deal? But that's not really the case because you haven't been four and zero since the right. year two thousand. It's, it's a become, huge game, big swing game too, yeah. because you win this and then everything is possible, and you already have one up on on one of the favorites to win the conference. I, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, there, there's no excuse really, unless you've got uh, you know a wedding that you have to go to or something. I mean, it just seems like 
why not go to Jack? Tr- I mean, I geez, that's that's the place to be. And I, I was not home this week. And even if you did want to watch the Iowa game, it's at night. Yeah, you can do both. I, I don't get it. Uh, we'll see. And we've still got 48 hours from when we're uh, – and I'll be able to give you – I mean, I'll be up there again tomorrow at about mid-morning. So, it, well, I'm, I'm guessing it'll pick up. It just it just feels weird to me. There hasn't seemed to be – not even like with the ticket sales, but I guess there's not as much buzz about this game as I had anticipated. I, I'm right there with you. I thought, uh, you know, after beating Iowa that things would – you know, that – that uh, switch would flip and you know people would want to be jumping on board and they would have a little bit more play nationally not a single vote in the AP poll nobody's talking about this game nationally it's it's odd but maybe, I mean I, maybe that, this that is might the be week. a good thing maybe yeah, this is I, the week that that switch flips win this game and then and then prop I would guess that if Iowa State wins this game they would be ranked I would think so too I mean it Especially if Iowa would were to beat Rutgers, that would help. I think right now you look mm-hmm. at that Iowa win and it's just kind of a yeah, right. You know, like it doesn't really mean much. I mean, at this point, you've beaten and re- realistically, you've beaten a really, really bad off, like historically bad offense, and then Ohio and Semo, right? So if right. you look at it from that standpoint, but this would be a big win. Baylor is a, really an identical type of program to Iowa State this year. I, I find Baylor interesting. They're kind of the team. Hassle that we have hated for a really long time, us Iowa Staters. It goes back to Bryles. There was the incident where they wouldn't let Iowa State have like shade on the sidelines. Um, there was the fight with the Matt Rule year where there was the fight in Ames. Yeah. It was a near brawl where David Montgomery, right? It was a classic. There was like, also the year when they lost, what was it, like 77 to nothing or something? Oh, God. Doing it was like the worst loss in Iowa the- State history. Doing the post game show on the Cyclone Radio Network night, that night was just absolute hell. That was the game too. We always give him crap. Where I think Jeff Woody played like two snaps in that game, but they did like the whole post game show just interviewing Jeff Woody because he's <laughs> such a good talker. <laughs> you know, and, and Jeff Jeff's got like an answer for everything, so it was just perfect. We always yeah, give him I, crap about that stuff. I just remember, you know, when I was in Des Moines from '07 to to '12, covering this team each fall. Just having to just play in Baylor, having to go down to Waco. Old that was when they were the old stadium. I think RG three was the oh, quarterback, yeah. and it would just be just a beatdown, just a beatdown. So, Aranda and Campbell remind me a lot of one another. It's hard for me to hate Dave Aranda. I think he's one of the like true good guys in college football. I really. Really enjoy him. I'm really interested in the quarterback matchup here. Blake Shapin and Hunter Deckers, two young studs, you know, in this league that I I think that's the key for Iowa State is to get in that kid's head early. If you look at what BYU was able to do to him on the road, their passing game is um man, it it's really maker, it's really hit or miss. So they've got three running backs. I don't know if you've watched Baylor yet, Hassel, but they have a three-man punch at running back. They've scored more rushing touchdowns than any team in college football this year. Really good on the offensive line. Fascinating to me to see how Iowa State matches up as far as... I don't think they'll stop the run, but slowing this Baylor rushing attack down, I'll put it that way. 
because, again, Iowa State really hasn't been tested in that. Their defense has been fantastic through three games. I don't know how you can't be happy with how that has gone. But they're going to get a test unlike anything. And, and this shaping kid, it, my point is, if you can slow down that running game and if you can for- force this kid to drop back and then you can kind of unleash your dogs, right, I think Iowa State could create some turnovers with its defense. But really, power rating-wise, these two teams are identical across the board. If you look at – I've looked at like five sets of power ratings now. I think there was a one-point discrepancy on one of them. They are identical across the board. So this just screams to me a game where whoever makes the fewest dumb mistakes, Iowa State can't lose the damn game on special teams. That's the number one thing. You can't lose it on special teams. If you give up a kick return, that probably will be the difference in a game like this where your opponent, you know, on paper is the exact same opponent as you. I think talent's pretty accurate here. Two young quarterbacks. Both teams are you, good you said front. on Monday that they're kind of having you know maybe a, a few struggles with their young quarterback maybe compared to what's going on with Deckers at Iowa State in his first year as a starter. Yeah, I mean this he's got experience, so he won the Big Twelve championship mm-hmm. game for them a year ago. But ever since he kind of became the man, mm-hmm. they have struggled a little bit with his. He, he's not turning the ball over a lot, but he's not accurate. Uh, I'm just basically going off the BYU game, too, because otherwise they played Albany and Texas State. So you can't really take a lot from that. But I just think on the road, I do think even if it's not a sellout, Trice should be pretty hot, right? To me, that's the biggest thing is to get in that kid's head early because that's where John Haycock gets really dangerous. If you can can get to a quarterback early, he, he can really mix things up at that point. What do you think of where they've got the students this season, and how has that been the first couple of games? Have they uh, been able to impact things anymore from where they're at? It's hard for me to tell up in the press box, but from people I've talked to, everybody hates it. It's harder. I just, for- I'll just tell you, just from watching it, it seems like it's lessened their impact on the game. Yeah, and you know how it is in a press box. It's hard to yeah. tell. The windows so, are shut. Yeah, it's so sterile. But I've, I've talked to some people who are on the sidelines, and it has impacted the atmosphere. How so? I've, it's, I was told by somebody on the sidelines, it's hard to hear them. So I, what and, I and, just, just and from a... The students, real quick, the students used to just give the opposing team hell mm-hmm. constantly um, because of where they ran out and stuff, and they can't really do that anymore. And I actually think this was by design. I think, from what I understand, this was kind of a Big 12 thing mm-hmm. because there have been so many incidents with Iowa State students coming onto the field and while the other team is trying to get off. During field-storming situations. Yes. So I think that that's like the, where they initiated this move, and then they made it the financial plus as well. But, yeah, I think – Based off of the feedback I have gotten, it has been a net negative thus far. That's what I had gleaned just from watching the first couple of games. And, you know, it's tough to to go wild for SEMO in Ohio. But I thought that the spot they were in was a perfect spot because that end zone is open. And so there's not a lot of noise coming from that side where they can be down there and they can impact things um, on that side of the field and kind of help close in that gap where the jumbotron is. The other side is now closed 
and also they were kind of out there on their own. Now they're more uh, kind of in between other regular fans, right? I mean, they're so the problem is in that other end zone where they're at now. Mm-hmm. It's where it's the Sukup Club, right? And oftentimes people aren't even in their seats there because they're inside watching mm-hmm. the game, getting a beer. You know, it's this luxury experience that they're paying a premium for. Which I think that that's I I get it, and I think that they they should do it. Like the Sukup Club is. They bolt in the freaking end zone. We've been asking them to do that at mm-hmm. Iowa State for 30 years. But Big upgrade, we'll, yeah. I think with that, a game like last week against Ohio where you're up, the game was over in 10 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Like We knew the game was over. If you're those people and you can go in and get a beer and you can watch five games at a time, right? Like it's that you're making more revenue. You're giving these amenities to your you know, donors – but at the same time, it does take away from the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So I would like to think that a game like this, if there's eight minutes to go and it's tied in the fourth quarter, that those people will be out there cheering. And But we'll, we'll see. It, it hasn't been a great test thus far, but from what I've heard, the I haven't heard many people say that they like where the students are at. I'll put it that way. The uh, the game, though, listen, I, I don't remember the last time. There's a stat out there, and I, and I don't have it. I apologize. It's where I need Bloom. I mean, Iowa State doesn't lose Big 12 games at home very often anymore. It's it's crazy. It's like years. It's been a few years, right? Yeah, yeah. They, just, they take care of business. To me, I think Deckers is in a better spot mentally right now than Shapin is. Key to this one. Mm-hmm is slowing down that Baylor running game. If Iowa State can do that, keep them in the four yards per carry even category, Iowa State wins a football game. I got 27 to 20 Iowa State. What do you think about this one? Just a quick Google search here. I think maybe the last time they lost a home game was uh, Oklahoma State coming in October of 2019. Yeah, and they got dicked. (laughs) That was a terrible call. Go ahead. <laughs> I think that was the last time. True Iowa State um, fan right here. I yeah. got to blame the refs. So what was your prediction again? 27-20. I like the Cyclones. Okay. I, yeah, I like Iowa State as well. I think it'll be uh, a, a tight game. I mean, I don't think they're running away from Baylor or anything like that, but I've got them winning by seven as well. I think that um, the, the home field advantage is going to be the thing that puts it over the top. If this game was at Baylor, I would not pick Iowa State. I think that's how close. Like you yeah, said, with the too. power ratings, they're so similar. And the difference is going to be where the game is played. And that's another reason why got to get those students going, got to get those seats filled, got to get your – can you take your beer and go sit in the seat in the Suka Penzo? I'll say it. Just pour, get some shooters – at fairway and put it in your socks and take them in there are you still not allowed to take a beer to your seat there no yeah it's the only place you can buy alcohol in Ames is in the Sukup club and you yeah. can't take it out of there to your seat you can if you're in the Sukup club only but if you're in that club yeah yeah well, I mean, Iowa State has has a long history of great tailgating, and I know that they have uh, ways of, of getting things <laughs> into the stadium. Uh, I, but I, I think I think home field is going to be the difference here, and I'm 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 going to jump right on that with you. Twenty four seventeen Iowa State. Do you believe it all? I I think I go too far with this. 
But Baylor is a team, again, like them and Iowa State are very similar programs from the defense that they run to the type of offense that they – developmental, all that stuff. Head coaches are very similar. Baylor won a ton of close games a year ago. Iowa State mm-hmm. lost a ton of you close love games. This. You love going back the, to this. It's got to, it's got to even out. The, the worm always turns, as uh, my dad all, would say. It has to. Yeah, there you go. Don Hassel. It has to. And I think this is where it kind of starts to – in regards to this rivalry. Like, Iowa State has been right there in these losses to Baylor, and it's just bad breaks, right? Like, and Baylor's been good. It's not like they've been this crappy team. They won the Big 12 for crying out loud last year. I just think it turns this week. It kind of sounds identical to the Iowa-Iowa State rivalry. Yeah. So close, so many years. Just dumb little mistakes, losing games. And this year, it didn't happen. And Iowa State got over the hump. I mean, that, that's that's what I see happening as well. I think this is uh, the start has been perfect, and I think the perfect start continues. And then, uh, what does that take us into? Jarrell Brocktober is this the last game of uh, <laughs> September? Yeah, it is. Jarrell Brocktober starts next week. You're right. Iowa Rutgers. The you sent me the so the total. Hit 34 last total night, is, is that correct? The total is down. I, and I just checked on an offshore um, that I can access, and it's still 34. But 90% of the bets are on the under. So this is this is going down. This keeps going down. It opened up in some places 34.5, and then it went up to 35 35 and a half and then now all the money's coming in on the under because this 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 has a chance to be an all-timer um I, I think 34 right now is in modern history that's the lowest point total ever and Iowa had that last season against Wisconsin they tied it that 34 so if this goes to 33 and a half I think it would be it would definitely be the lowest point total in recorded college football history and I think there's a good chance of that because you know both these coaches know they have great punters and they're fine just trotting the punter out there on fourth and one, fourth and two. Because I the punter is I didn't realize that Rutgers also had an elite punter. And their punter was- is decidedly better than Tory Taylor. Like he's better. He's he's I heard a stat this week that he hasn't had a touchback in like like a year and you see Tory Taylor I mean he for as good as he is a few of those balls go into the end zone I mean once a game that ball is gonna gonna go into the end zone but Iowa punts from the opponent's 40 yard line so much that's that's hard not to get a touchback but it, it's sad we're, we're we're in a sad place Chris <laughs> I can't when wait for this game. I think this game's going to be awesome. The first thing we talk about are the punters. You know, they had Tory Taylor out there for media availability this week in Iowa City. You know, That's this like isn't the, football. We we used to do that at Iowa State, where like you're you're one and eight. Let's roll Kirby Vanderkamp out there. You know, like I I've been there, but you guys aren't. You're not that bad. That's what's just so weird about all this. Still, well, the, the offense is bad. The defense yeah. and the special teams are elite. And it kind of when you put them all together, that gets you like an average team. If you're if you're Iowa though, like it makes sense. Like you've got this generational punter. Like get him out there. Like, and he's yeah. Australian. He is yeah, he's, he's good good personality. But come on, you know we, we watch football 
in sports in general to be entertained. Not to watch the friggin' punter go out and try to pin a team inside the five. Not 20 times a game. Can you... I told you I bet this on Monday. Now, and we're still... And I I actually did some background research on this hassle because I'm a Mm -hmm. real journalist. (laughs) And I am told... Actually, I just texted Chad Leistikoff. I'm just being honest with you. Uh, Chad thinks that... Chad from the Des Moines Register, by the way. Uh, he thinks that this quarterback from Rutgers is a true game-time decision, like an actual one. He doesn't have a lead either way. Now, I was reading some Rutgers, um, the New Jersey newspaper uh, that covers Rutgers. It's like the only outlet that does. And this, the, this, the Piscataway Picune. <laughs> this kid was – now, he's a sixth-year quarterback. Vridal, have you, do you know about him? He started his career at UCF. He transferred to Nebraska, and now he's at Rutgers. This is his sixth year in college football. And he was taking like practice snaps and stuff last week, which made me believe – just doing this long enough that he would – like Iowa State held like three guys out last week who could have mm-hmm. played, but they knew they would kill Ohio, so they wanted to make sure that they were 100% for Baylor. So my gut told me that this kid would play. However, the point spread being where it is leads makes, me to believe – Makes you think that he's not going to. Correct, yeah. because I just – the line is 34, the number is. Seven and a half is a ton of points in this game. It is. And I, I, I played Rutgers on Sunday night when this came out, and I'm thinking about putting even more down on it because I just I, – I think Iowa will probably win. I think that they're better on defense and special teams than Rutgers is. I don't know. Who knows? But why wouldn't you just play the points here if you were going to bet on the game, right? Like, even if you're right. an Iowa fan, like, I don't understand why – and watch, this will be Iowa's Maryland game, and they'll go out there and score a ton of points. <laughs> But I don't know. Like I, I just thirty four is such an insanely low number. You know it's going to be low possession. Seven and a half is like seventeen in a normal football game. And and you know how Kirk Ferentz thinks. I mean, he thinks a one point lead is a touchdown lead. Like one yeah. point is one touchdown to him. It, so it, is it too obvious? Am I being tricked here? It could be because I mean, like like I like I was saying on Monday. I think uh, Iowa has convinced themselves that they've fixed some things on offense. And I think they're going to try to throw it downfield a little bit more. I think they're going to have more confidence going into this game. And I, I mean, I, and you never know with a late game, you know, pick six, the way this defense has been able to put points on the board. This could be Iowa's up by seven and then they get a safety and cover, right? Late in the game. That's true. They're up by seven. They've got the ball at the 30-yard line of Rutgers. You know what? Let's go ahead and punt it. Let's pin them down to, at the one-yard line, and let's get that safety to make it a two-possession game. Forget the field goal. Safety will make it a two-possession, and there's your cover. But, no, I mean, I, I think that the, the smart play would be to play Rutgers and just hope that they don't lose by two possessions. Do the, do the same game parlay of Rutgers and the under. Feels like a good play to me. Until Petrus goes out there and throws a couple long touchdown passes. All right, so Reganey is in, according to the Iowa depth chart, Keegan Johnson is not on it now. What in the hell is going on with Keegan Johnson? So bizarre. And it sounds like he's not going to play again after he just made his debut. I I don't know. 
He looked fine, and they they held him out after the lightning delay. They said it was precautionary. But it, that has been a bizarre storyline to follow with Iowa. Because I think that does make a difference. I will disagree with you in the sense that... I know you do. I know you when, do. Well, I mean, when they played I, Iowa so, so State, they didn't have a guy who could get behind Iowa State's corner. So here's where I think you're right. That it makes a difference that Iowa has some more uh, proven pass catchers out on the field. Because I just don't think the coaching staff trusts... Petrus and the other wide receivers enough to even try to throw them the football. Well, and we saw Reganey bail out Petrus on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, are those on other a pass guys that should have been intercepted. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, how about you, you, you? Remember the first touchdown pass to uh, was it Bruce that caught that in the end zone? Yeah. What, what, how about the drooling that people were doing over the great throw from Petrus? He almost <laughs> overthrew him. He was wide open. You don't. You don't lead a guy that much when you're that wide open. Just, just toss it out there to him. It was a that was a bad throw, and I I saw a lot of people. And it wasn't just Matt Millen. Matt a lot Millen. of people just drooling over that throw. I guess that just goes to show how bad it's been. I mean, th- that any pass that's completed down the field is is great, but that that was not a good throw. Come on. What is your? Uh, do we have a? prediction for the Petrus stat line this week? Yes. And we've got Brock today. Uh, yeah, Brock. Van, Van Winkie is gone. Come on in and say hi, Brock. Welcome welcome to the podcast. How's it Brock, going? Brock is the, uh, he's the backup Van Winkle. He's going to be with us quite a bit going forward as well. Welcome to the program, Brock. Student at Iowa State, right? Yep. Awesome. Welcome to the show. All right, Hassel's um, weekly Spencer Petrus stat line prediction. Remember how close I was a couple of weeks ago on that line? You almost nailed that. Against yeah. Iowa State. I mean, that was basically his halftime line, and he should have been benched, and I would have been, well, I wouldn't have won anything, but I could have patted myself on the back. This week, I've got Spencer Petrus going 12 for 23, 109 yards. Zero touchdown passes, one interception, one fumble. And you have Iowa winning? And Iowa wins the game. So that's uh I think they'll get a I think they'll get a rushing touchdown. Might even get a defensive touchdown. I think uh I, I'm I'm just I'm done predicting that he'll be benched and I'm done predicting that he's gonna throw a touchdown pass. I've got Iowa Forget about the Nevada game, that was whatever, but I've got I I had here's how I walked through my mind in this I had twelve to nine is the final, but then I <laughs> that, thought about is that is that four field goals up against three yeah, field goals? It's all field goals, but then I was like th- that would mean that these offenses have to get into scoring position that many times. So I'm like, no way, yeah, that can't happen. So I'm gonna go six to three. The final score six to three. Six to three. God, if that if that happens, so I you're, hope it does. why are you excited for this game? Because you're not an Iowa it's, fan, I guess. Well, it's so different for one. Like it's just it's different than every other game, but it's not different for Iowa fans. We have to sit through this shit every week. <laughs> it's the same damn thing. I'm tired of it. it. Honestly, there's probably a part of me that loves watching guys like you just lose your minds. Like if I, if I'm being just honest, like. It's 
It's good. It's good storyline. We'll put it that way. It's good storyline. Just it, it, what are we Chris, gonna do just, if they go out there and score fifty points? Right. I mean, it'd fun, be fun to watch you eat all this crow. Well, but I but, but no, I, I am interested in this. I, game. I've kind of hedged myself a little bit, even though I gave that Petra stat line, which was terrible. I did say I I do think that last game is going to help this team a little bit more than it should. I don't think I think most teams last game you kind of take it with a grain of salt and you, you just it's Nevada. I think you, that they're going to have an over. I think you're going to have a, a sense of of, you of confidence need, that they shouldn't have. You need to be playing like Maryland this week. That's the problem because now you're going to go right back into the trap of the team that wants to yeah. play just like you do. And Ference knows that this is going to be you know yes. Well, that's what, the what, problem. In Ference's mind, we just want we just want to have the ball with a chance to win in the final five minutes. Now this is Rutgers. Yeah. No, you, you guys. Just you need to play Nebraska. Out. You need to play Maryland. Somebody like that who. Sucks on defense and mm-hmm. is pretty. They think that at least that they're good on offense. So then you can lure them into your trap, and then Iowa's offense can kind of get some momentum that way. You're going up against a team that's going to do the exact same thing that you do. And mm-hmm. is one of our uh, listeners points out on YouTube that it's going to be lit in Piscataway, first night game in a long time. They're openly like campaigning to sell this thing out. They want your they're, ass. They're, they're going to be sadly disappointed when they attend this game, and it's 6-3, like you said. Because I'm sure a lot of these fans that are coming to the game probably haven't watched Rutgers or Iowa this season. Let's be honest. I mean, it's, there's not, there's really not many college football fans in New Jersey. No. But they're they're coming out to this TV game sense. because it's a party. It's just going to be a party at night. That's fair. But I, uh, I do. I'm with you. I think Iowa wins the game. Six three. What your what's your pick? Give me a score pick. Sixteen to six. <laughs> Iowa. Real quick. That's um, an Iowa cover. I hope not. I'm. Gonna, I think I'm going to pound. <laughs> I think I'm going to pound that parlay, the under and the Rutgers parlay. I. I already have. I'm already playing Rutgers at seven and a half. I think I might double down here. The more I, I didn't know they had an elite punter. That cha- honestly, like I'm not making fun of you guys. That changes mm-hmm. everything. If somebody can match Iowa and wash out Taylor, do you know? And not just match. He's is? better. He's better than than Torrey Taylor. And another thing that people aren't talking about enough this year with Iowa, I hammered this on my radio show last year. One of the few times I'm right. Not having an elite returner like Charlie Jones is a really mm, big deal when yeah. you play like Iowa does. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're talking about his stats at Purdue. That is a huge deal when you play that style of ball. That I, and they have not found a guy to match that thus far. Because you're you you are getting ten punt returns a game, and yes. the, you know that those those yards add up, and that that's where you can get a lot of those yards that you're not getting offensively, where you, you're all of a sudden on the on the edge of field goal range to exactly. start a drive, instead of having to go 60 or 70 yards down the field. That's a good point. Alright, two guys named Chris, Big 12 and Big 10 championship game predictions. For the most part, we've had a couple of league games, but for the most part, the conference seasons kick off this week. And I'll give you mine to to start, and I'll start in the Big Ten. I am going to go on the limb and go Minnesota-Ohio State. And mm. 
so the question is like, and we'll we'll get to this in. I'm going to pull up Minnesota's schedule here real quick. I looking at the crossover, their their tough game is they have to go to Penn State. I actually have Minnesota winning this weekend at Michigan State. I think Michigan State's a fraud. I think that a lot of people are going to start wondering here if they should have paid Mel Tucker that money that they did. Well, I think the answer is pretty obvious that they shouldn't have, but. I don't know that that necessarily means they'll lose this week. I think it helps Michigan State. That I'm, I'm of the believer that if you get your ass kicked one week, chances are you're going to bounce back and play a little bit better Fair. the next week. Fair. So I think it's uh, a pretty evenly matched game. It is. And again, the power ratings on that one tell you that they're identical and that it's just going home field for Michigan State if you look at that one. Uh, they got some. Here's Minnesota's schedule. Minnesota at Michigan State. They host Purdue. At Illinois, they got to go at Penn State, so that's their really tough crossover game. But then they get Rutgers at home, at Nebraska, Minnesota at home. They get Iowa at home. What do you mean Minnesota at home? You just said Minnesota at home. You're you're going through Minnesota's schedule, aren't you? Minnesota gets Northwestern at home. They get Iowa at home. All right. And then they have to go to Wisconsin. I like their schedule a lot. I have them winning at East Lansing this week. That'll really be the kicker here. Because yeah. I, I think that you're going to go with Wisconsin in the West. I'm just, I'm just, yeah, I, I'm going with what I, with what I've seen, with what I know, and I, and I know Wisconsin is, isn't as bad as they showed against Washington State, a loss at home, and uh, I, I think Wisconsin's going to be able to out Iowa, Iowa, like they normally always do, and they always seem to have Minnesota's number. I just can't, I can't buy in on on Minnesota being a Big Ten title contender. I just can't. Until I see it, I've heard too many experts pick Minnesota year in and year out, going all the way back to 2014 or 15. And a lot of times they'll get off to a good start and then they fall apart down the stretch. I I just, I'm not buying in on that yet. So I'm going going Wisconsin. If there's going to be an outlier, doesn't it feel like this season could be it in the West? Could be, but... there have been several outliers. I mean, Northwestern has won the division two of the last, what, four years? Which is and crazy. I, and, yeah. and they've got a leg up on everybody. Aren't they the – they're 1-0 in the Big Ten because they already have a win over Nebraska in the opener. They won that game, and then they lost their next two. They're 1-2 and two overall, but they're 1-0 in Big Ten play. I wanted to pick Purdue. I really yeah, did. I did too. I think the offense is good enough, but just some horrible – horrible late half and late game breakdowns defensively against Penn State and Syracuse. They should be 3-0, and and they should be ranked right now, and I would have picked Purdue to win this division, but God, they not, have a not with the breakdowns schedule. they've had. They have a great schedule, though. Their crossovers... They're, they're, but, but they're already 0-1. Yeah, they're at Maryland uh, for a crossover. Uh, Indiana's a crossover, and they suck. Yeah. Anyways. Um, oh, and then that, yeah, they have the loss to Penn State, which would be their mm-hmm. other, which would that's, be their other crossover. That's what hurts you. And I, I'm, I, I, there's no way I can pick Iowa. And Northwestern's terrible. I mean, even though they're one and zero in conference, they're not going to do any damage. And and then where do you just can't be Nebraska. I mean, I, I think it's going to come down to Wisconsin and, and probably Purdue. I think those are the best two teams. I think I, I don't buy Minnesota yet. 
What do you have for your Big 12 championship game here on Did September we pick the 20th? other side? I've got Ohio State on the oh, other yeah, side. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's just a given. Shows how competitive so, that is. Yeah, I've got Wisconsin against Ohio State in my Big Ten championship game, and you have Minnesota against Ohio State in your Big Ten championship game. For the Big 12? This is tough this year, man. It this is. is. really tough. Because I think there are maybe six contenders, including Iowa State. Uh, I just, Oklahoma didn't win it last season, did not get to the Big 12 championship game last season. I think uh, from everything I've heard from our experts, Oklahoma is as complete as they've been in a long time because of Brent Venables and because of what he's already done defensively. And that's going to give them that added punch where you can actually stop some teams. That was a problem they've had. They've just outscored everybody. They can stop teams now. And so I, I'm still going Oklahoma, and I'm not going Texas. I'm not going Baylor. I'm not going Oklahoma State. I'm going Kansas. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going Iowa State to be in the Big 12 championship game against Oklahoma. This is the year. Now, I'm not saying they'll win that game, and I know they've been there before, but this is the year that Iowa State, I think, gets to 10 wins in the wow. first season for the first Ten time. wins. Yeah. If I had to guess right now, I would put them at nine and three. I think overall, I don't, I don't know if I would go ten and two. I and nine and three, is, nine and three might you know they, six you, and three in conference play might get you into the Big Twelve championship. Game I, this yeah, year. I really think the league's going to beat beat itself up. I really mm-hmm. do. I completely agree with you on Oklahoma. I was dead wrong about them at the beginning of the year. We're a show that where we admit when we're wrong. Um. <laughs> And I'll tell you about it when we get to our three most interesting games. I, I have some analysis on Oklahoma I want to give. Uh, I'm going to go Oklahoma and Texas for mine, and I, I, that's very boring. I just think that you can't overlook what Texas did against Oklahoma. They impressed me last week against UTSA. I know that me they too. were losing early, but the way that they bounced back with the backup quarterback, I do think Quinn Ewers is better than Hudson Card. Now, there's a lot of speculation on – fall camp and how that job was handed out and all that stuff but if you watched him against Alabama he looked really really good and the thing about Texas is their their line play like it their defensive line was giving Alabama the business more so than anything and I just think that they have recruited well enough to to get there again I, I don't think they're going to be a playoff contender or anything like that I'm not I think Texas goes two losses in the Big 12, that they get Iowa State at home, which is huge. That that was kind of my deciding factor. Iowa State has to go to Texas and to Oklahoma State, which is tough. Mm-hmm. Get Baylor Iowa, and Oklahoma at home, though. Correct. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm just going to go Texas. I Again, like, obviously it's not what I want, but I just – they've shown me enough. They showed me enough last week. This is more about the UTSA game than it is the Bama game. That was I'm with you a- there. They, they impressed me last week because that UTSA is a good team, a really good team. And they Texas was kind of sleepy to start that game in the first half, as we thought they would be. But then in the second half, they showed that uh, maybe this is a different Texas team that we've seen in years past. All right. Um, three guys named Chris, three games to watch for the weekend. What? Who's the third guy named Chris? Did I say three? Yes. Two guys what named the he- Chris. What's going on with you today? 
I'm just tired. Did the, did, the, did the Clorinda Academy discussion just throw you for a loop on Monday? Here's here's what's going on here. Can I go on a rant for a minute? Sure. So when we got back from that wedding, my wife got COVID. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like half half the people at this wedding ended up with COVID. Probably more, to be honest. I don't know who else did. So then my daughter got it late last week. Okay. The three-year-old. Mm-hmm. And she honestly, she was like sick for a day and then totally normal. They, the daycare doesn't let the kid come back for 10 days after they've had COVID. Mm. She's vaccinated and has no symptoms. And she has to be out for almost two full weeks. Are we not encouraging people to not test their kids? So I was just going to say, why even tell them? Yeah. Because I guarantee that's how my kid got it. Because she wasn't around my wife. Like we actually did the whole like quarantine thing and everything. Like when your kid gets a cold, do you go around telling everybody? Oh, wait, no. Be careful. She's got a cold. I mean, dude, here's what's insane. So like, if your kid has strep throat, which is immensely worse than most COVID cases, most mm-hmm. for a three year old, all they have to do is be without a fever for 24 hours, and then they can go back. <laughs> But if they get COVID, where she literally has like a congested nose and she that, had a... This is encouraging people to keep it quiet yeah. and not say anything. It's it's just totally ass backwards, but I'm sorry. There's my rant. So you, I'm, a little bit, um, I'm a little bit dusty. I'm a little, uh, just bear with me, okay? A little bit dusty, a little bit foggy. What are, hey, your, what? Top, what are your top three games for... In the Clarendon Academy thing, by the way, maybe the most feedback I've gotten from a segment ever because... People we we had the we had the really loose meat insane. discussion um, last week, and then and then the Clorinda Academy stuff. I still don't get it. I still don't understand this Clorinda Academy thing. I mean, you claim that it's not a prison, and then you say that it's basically a prison. It's not. They have a to prison. wave at you driving by. Prisoners don't have to wave at you driving by. The prisoners can do whatever they want to you. So you're back saying it's worse day. than a prison. So it's it's more day. strict than a prison is what you just said Clarinda Academy is. <laughs> back in the day, so the prison, the old prison was right on the back nine of the golf course. What the hell and kind of town is this? You this would, is where you grew up? Yeah, you, you'd be teeing off. Your, great, be, your, your grandpa worked at an insane asylum. Yeah. You've got Clarinda Academy. Mom worked at the prison. Which was a, a child prison. Your mom worked at the prison. Yeah. You've got some kind of Fort Knox set up there. So you're teeing off on the back nine, and the prisoners would be sitting there with their <laughs> hands on the chain link fence watching you tee off. Here no. I am, like I'm like 10. You know, they could be pedophiles. I have no idea why they're in there. And they're just sitting there watching you nonstop. I, I've always said that Sioux City is the worst city in Iowa, but oh, don't, don't even. Clorinda sounds like. How close were you to Council Bluffs? Hour. Because I've heard some things. I've never. I've only driven through Council Bluffs, but man, we, we've That's got to do a whole episode on Clorinda. Dan Winters. I, I think there's a lot to pick out of you about that. We have a that. lot of Clorinda people up here in the Des Moines. Stansberry's from there. Well, Dan yeah, because they're getting the hell out of that place. Give it's, me your top, either, top either, you work, you, either you work at the insane asylum or the prison or the maximum security academy. <laughs> they shut the asylum down. It's no longer a thing. But it well, is didn't you say they sh- shit. 
Wait, wait, so they shut the asylum down and they shut Clarinda Academy down? Yeah, there's a bunch of code violations, a bunch of stuff. It was like national news, but go ahead. Your, your three right. top games of the weekend, please. You you want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. Let me let me pull them up here. All right. Uh, I don't know if there's a particular order that Brock, Brock wants me to go in here, but I'm going to go first. USC at Oregon State. Now, this is a game where USC is only – only given five and a half. It's a tricky spot. Oregon State's off to a good start this season. Uh, they have two good wins. They've, they've beaten Boise. They've beaten Fresno. And everybody wants to crown USC already. You know, everybody's fallen in love with this Lincoln-Riley-led team. Caleb Williams is the second favorite now to win the Heisman. He has shorter odds than last year's winner, Bryce Young. He's now only trailing C.J. Stroud. This is going to be a tough spot in Corvallis. They're going to be hopping. Uh, also, have you ever been to Corvallis? I have not. It's a have trip. you? Yeah, I called a basketball game there once. I mean, th- act- those those Pac-12 like like um, it is uh, Wazoo in the Palouse where uh, Pullman, Washington, where Washington State plays. I've kind of heard the same about that. We we had to stay in Eugene, actually. To, and then we had to bus to Corvallis, and I was Jeez. with the Iowa State basketball team. Like this isn't like like your deal where you're traveling on your own and figuring it mm-hmm. out. Like no, we had to take a bus from Eugene to Corvallis. It was and it was a good hour, hour and a half drive, and you are driving through like a remote area of the country to get out there. And mm-hmm. that's kind of the point on USC is like. That's a tough, tough place to go. And they've historically had some issues there with some good teams. And you add to it the kind of Ames welcoming to Texas last year that Oregon State's probably going to good give point. USC. So it'll be a That's tough a good. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Uh, Iron Skillet. TCU at SMU. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a rivalry game, and you just had a coach switch sides. Sonny Dykes going from SMU to TCU. Did you see this year's version of that uh, Riff Ram Bazoo thing that TCU does? No. No, I haven't. No. It was the most... I, I've never been more had more secondhand embarrassment watching this video than I did with this. It was so bad that TCU scrubbed it from the internet. Oh, wow. It's a video that they run on the Jumbotron like before every game or something. It's some kind of dumb cheer that they have from like a hundred years ago. It's, it was, oh God, it's so bad. I wish I I wanted to play it on today's show because I tweeted it out a couple of weeks ago and it has been taken down. It's just washed. Yeah. The person that posted it took it down because TCU was getting so much crap for it, but the game sold out. At SMU, they can't wait to welcome back the the coach that switched sides, and evenly matched game. This SMU coming off our, a loss to Maryland. Our friend Dave Zavolinski is the one who tipped me off to this game like ten years ago. Neither program was like great at the time, and he he's like he he's the one who kind of like taught me about how big of a rivalry this is. And then I I was looking last night, like the cheapest ticket you can get in is like one hundred and seventy five bucks right now. Yeah, and it's sold out. Yeah. So you're this not walking awesome. up and buying a ticket. This was one of mine, too, but I bumped it from my list just so we didn't go over it twice. All right, what's your last one? Last one is, uh, it is yeah, I'm kind of cherry-picking here. It's a top 25 matchup. Arkansas against A&M. This game is always entertaining. It always seems to be tight, especially when uh, when Burt 
Brett Bielema was at Arkansas. I mean, they were always in it as a big underdog against A&M. They play this game at Jerry World. And A&M has gotten the best to Arkansas for uh, a, a long time now. Um, you know, going back 10, 15 years historically, they've, they've kind of taken it to their rival. It's like the Jerry Jones Bowl. And I think this has a chance to be a, a great, great game. I, mean, I don't know. I, I don't know which way it's going to go. Is it, if it's going to be high scoring or low scoring? With the way the Texas A and M's offense has been, it's been terrible. But yeah. Arkansas, Arkansas almost lost last week to Missouri State at home, and I think that's that's something that it's it's kind of woken them up. It was kind of their 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 wake up call. And I think they're going to have a bounce back. They're getting points in this game as the much higher ranked team. They're, I think they're 10th. Texas a and is like 22nd or so. And, and there's not there's not a lot of believers in Texas A&M right now. Despite that win against Miami, they just didn't look very good offensively. Uh, I, I think uh, this is a really, especially if Arkansas can win it and, and get another, they already beat Cincinnati this season, get another win under their belt. This is a, it's a fun rivalry, a fun game. Year in, year out. Yeah, I'm with you. That'll be a interesting. One. I like I like Max Johnson. That story, Brad Johnson's son. See how he can do in his second start for Texas A&M. Uh, I'm gonna go. I think Kansas State at Oklahoma is really intriguing in the Big Twelve. Kansas State coming off of that loss to uh, Tulane Two last week. Did they overlook Tulane, or is that like a sign of things to come with K State? The the intriguing part to me here is the history between these two teams. But I, I think the point you made on Oklahoma kind of erases that. If I had to play this game, I actually think I may lay the points because in the past, Kansas State was able to just terrorize the Oklahoma defense, <laughs> you know, and just average five yards per carry. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think they can do that to this version of Oklahoma football. And I think that the talent will went out and if that's the case yeah it's just I I give Oklahoma credit I I thought they were vastly overrated going into the year and I think I was dead wrong and but but I want to see because I also think Kansas State is gonna it's gonna tell us a lot how they perform in this one if they get blown out they're not a big 12 contender they go in there and play really tough they could still be one of those teams that has three losses in the big 12 at the end of the year potentially mm-hmm. Clemson at Wake Forest is fascinating to me Wake Forest is giving seven at home Clemson's just they've got the name brand we know that they've got a defense but they're not a complete team that we've seen yet no they're, they're just overvalued on the name and Wake quite frankly has been better this season than Clemson now and the, hist- the history of these two teams Clemson has killed them because right. they've got but I you just wonder going into Wake this year I have a feeling that if it's bad early, Dabo may pull the plug on the quarterback early. There's a lot of national implications in this one. This may be Clemson's biggest test of the year, potentially. Could be, yeah. Wake, I mean, they got the quarterback back after yeah. a kind of a scary situation. He's uh, And they're just they're putting up a lot of points, and they look, they look good. I mean, you, you see the name Wake Forest, and you're like, uh They've been better than Clemson this season. I'm surprised that they are getting a touchdown at home. The similar to USC going to Corvallis. Like when you get these small markets and these small mm-hmm. programs and the big dogs come to town, it is a crazy atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have a tie for my second one because I, I wanted to include the Big 12 and the Big 10 here. Texas at Texas Tech. 
uh, again, like you want to talk about a nasty atmosphere, like that is <laughs> – you talk to any Iowa State player and you say, where's the worst place to play? They tell you Iowa and they tell you Texas Tech are the two that, that stand out amongst the worst. Texas Tech fans hate Texas. If Texas gets out of this one, I think they're a legit title contender, but they got to get out of this one. This is going to be tough. Um, but I, I don't think Texas Tech's there yet, but we'll see. Yeah, what's what? we haven't seen much good from Texas Tech yet this season, have we? They, I mean, they, they beat them, Houston at home, yeah, right? But I'll then they went credit. on the road and yeah, they, they played, lost. They played NC State tough. I watched that whole and game. And NC State's a top 20, top 15 yeah. team, but... They played them. I was tough, disappointed. I was disappointed with how Texas Tech played in that game. It was obvious that they weren't at the talent level of NC State. Hmm. So can that atmosphere overcome the talent level that Texas has? We'll see. And I, I think just it'll tell us a lot in the Big Ten West hassle is Minnesota at Michigan State, right? That's interesting for Iowa fans watching this. Um, I think Michigan State's way overvalued, and we don't really know about Minnesota yet. So it kind of feels mm-hmm. like a statement type of game for P.J. Could Fleck. be. Could be for Minnesota, yeah. You get that win with that schedule you mentioned, which is favorable after this. But I don't know. I like Michigan State in that spot just because of the way they were treated when they went out west and, and just got their ass handed to them. That game was not nearly as close as the scoreboard indicated to. How would, I just don't get how – and I'm, it kind of goes against my pick because I'm picking Michigan State. How do you have that team – how does anybody have that team ranked in the top 15 or the top 10? I don't know. I guess we'll find out a little bit more this week against Minnesota. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not riding the boat yet. I'm not rowing that boat yet with you in, in Minnesota am, and your baby. big, your big 10 West pick. Um, all right. That's it. Brock, appreciate you. Brock, do you have, do you have one more Clorinda Academy story you can share with Brock before we end the show? Brock, do you have any questions about the uh, Academy down there in Clorinda? I mean, not, not really. It seems like every once in a while a new story comes up. Where are you from, Brock? (laughs) I'm from Slater. So like literally 15, 20 minutes from Ames. We did an RV TV stop in Slater a few years ago. Yeah. I actually, I don't know if you remember this. Chris, but my sophomore year in high school, I job shadowed with Ross Peterson at KXNO, and I sat in on one of your guys' episodes. Once. Really? Now, did he did he have his shirt on for that episode, or was that one of his shirtless episodes? <laughs> no, he had his shirt on. Man, I, we gotta we can get you a much more higher professional quality than Ross. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Ross would, <laughs> Ross would laugh at the, the iconic shirt of Ross at what was the really fancy golf course we were at, um, Glen Oaks. And Ross is sitting out there doing the doing the show with Keith Murphy without his shirt on. Just, just classic. Classic. Thanks to Fairway, Brock. Appreciate your help today. Uh, thanks to Fairway, thanks, as always, for sponsoring two guys named Chris. We will be back on Monday morning uh, with a recap of everything that went We'll down. be back talking about Iowa State and Iowa conference victories. Miller and Williams will be on the air tomorrow. My locks of the week are already up. Hassel, I'm eight, two, and one so far. Whoa! This year. So against need- all against the spread, or do you go money line on some no, of those? I go all against the spread. So, are you better than Biff Hammer at picking games? That's up for debate, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to say that I'm better than Biff. I'm I mean, eight, eight, two, and one. It's a pretty wow. good start, but that's also where you start to get cocky and think that you're smarter than you are, and then you screw it all up. So, but go check out the locks. 
Appreciate it. And uh, for Chris Hassel, I'm Chris Williams. Thanks for watching. If you watched on the stream, thanks for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you find your podcasts. Iowa everywhere.